Every day, people like you are making the decision to start their own business. During this process, there are any number of questions that may come up. On Entrepreneurs Think Tank, we dive deep into the minds of those who have done it before. Learn from their journey as you work to build your empire. Here is your host, Nicole Henderson. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Entrepreneurs Think Tank. I'm your host, Nicole Henderson. I want to first start off by saying how thankful I am to all of the new subscribers and people that have downloaded the podcast. We have people from all over the globe, and I cannot be more excited from the feedback that I'm getting, the guests that we have coming up. Um, I think this is going to be a real interesting journey here in, in 2017 as we go through and learn from each other and grow and just thrive from what others are doing in their entrepreneurial journeys. I want to also let you know how excited I am about today's guest. So when I was thinking about and conceptualizing this podcast, I also wanted to have people that support entrepreneurs on the show. So not that we would just hear from entrepreneurs and their journey, but we would also hear from the in individuals that support entrepreneurs and help them grow and thrive and do better. Um, so Andrea Evans is an attorney and she is an intellectual property attorney. So that means she handles copyrights, trademarks, and patents. So if you're like me and you have trouble kind of figuring out the terminology for all that, you'll hear some of that today and to know the distinction. And you'll also may trigger something in your mind and as it relates to your business as to if you need somebody like this on your team. And let me highly recommend Andrea um, if you do need somebody. One of the things that you're going to hear in today's segment is going to be about um, the fact that she's a power networker. And I definitely want you to take that away in, in the fact that you have to build your community before you even need to rely on that community. And Andrea is going to talk about that, but it's something that I definitely stress to my clients as well is that networking and community building, that's where we are today as far as really having strength in numbers and strength in community. And when you have that community to, to lean on, to call on, to use as your focus group, um, it's extremely powerful in your business growth endeavors. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I look forward to your feedback. Um, feel free to look in the show notes and you can see how to connect with Andrea. Um, funny story is how Andrea and I connected was via social media. So we connected via Periscope and Twitter and I listened to several of her um, scopes and was just very intrigued by what um, she was talking about. She actually jumped in a scope of mine um, as far as an idea that I had and said that, oh, you need to take a look at the intellectual property behind that as you proceed forward with that idea. So that thought is still in the back of my mind and I definitely know that I will call on Andrea when I'm ready to proceed with that. But take a listen to this episode. Send me your feedback via Twitter and um, definitely reach out to Andrea if you are in need of um, some in intellectual property legal counsel. Well, enjoy the journey and enjoy this episode. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur's Think Tank. Um, I wanted to start by you giving us a little bit of your background. Sure. Thank you for having me as well. So I actually worked at the Patent and Trademark Office for five years 
three years as a patent examiner and two years as a trademark examining attorney. And I really enjoyed my time there, but I guess I had other aspirations, not knowing just, and I say that just because what happened was I found out that I had referred over six figures of business to one of my mentors. And basically what happened was because I worked for the government, when people called me and asked for a referral, I sent them to him. And so when he told me that I was basically giving him six figures worth of referrals, I just sort of stepped out on faith, started the law firm of Andrea Hintz Evans. And you know that we provide patent, trademark, and copyright legal services. And the rest is history. Just recently celebrated my ninth anniversary providing intellectual property legal services. Wow, congrats on that. And yes, that volume of business definitely lends to the notion of having your own business. So um, I want to I step back because what we try to do is go through the journey of actually getting it started. So, it, um, so the idea came from um, a mentor sharing it with you. What does it look like then from idea to what were some of the first steps you took to actually put this into play? Well, you know, my practice is very interesting because it's unique in a sense that it's federal. So I'm able to represent clients all over the world with U.S. intellectual property issues. So because I didn't really have a plan um, in place in terms of like a year or some type of countdown or something, I literally just sort of had the moral support of my family members and my mentor. And so I had help with contracts and set up a website, bought the proper equipment. And like I mentioned, I had sent him so much business that I was always really good at networking. And to be honest, that's really been the key to my success, not only being able to network and putting myself at the right place at the right time, but the follow-up. And so what I did was I sent a mass email out letting everyone know that I was launching the firm and the clients really just started rolling in because definitely there's a need for someone with my skill set uh, to the average everyday person. So every entrepreneur has some type of intellectual property. So I just happened to be a good resource. And basically uh, from referrals from my own clients, as well as from my personal community, my business has flourished. So I want to back up and go ahead and allow you to say what well, we've heard you say a couple times, uh, trademark and, and patents. So tell us, what it is that your firm actually covers and then so individuals can get an idea of what you're talking about when you um, refer to some of these terms. Sure. So I am an intellectual property attorney and intellectual property is divided into three types, patents, trademarks, and copyrights. So you patent inventions, trademark the names of those inventions, and copyright written materials. So at my firm, when people have inventions or they're launching a business or they have a brand, what we like to do is schedule consultations, discuss their intellectual property with them to help them sort of assess the value as well as to assess basically whether or not they have anything that should be protected. And uh, what we can help to do is to foresee issues that may overcome, may basically occur um, in the long run if they were to file an application. So with patents, for instance, the main and kind of big question that people have is, do they really even have anything that's patentable? So the way we determine that is by doing prior art searches and analyzing the results to determine the likelihood of success with them being able to get a patent. 
And then with trademarks, the question is, is there any likelihood of confusion with other marks that exist? So we like to do research there to determine that. And then with copyrights, we help to file applications. So at my firm, we do a lot of prosecution and enforcement of intellectual property. Wow, sounds very good. And I'm glad there's people out there like you who handle that because, you know, full disclosure, at one point I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to be a um, mergers and acquisitions and work in kind of corporate law. But once I got into it, I realized that it wasn't for me. Um, I was weeded out early on and decided to go into PR. Um, one of the things that you brought up that I hear across many entrepreneurs as they get started is the importance of networking. Can you explain what some of that looks like for you and how it helps you grow your business? Sure. So what's interesting is that I feel like I just have a natural gift for being a good networker. So my reputation in law school was that I was the one that could sell ice to an Eskimo. And, <laughs> you know, that says a lot because I think that part of being able to network is that you're very authentic and genuine so that it doesn't seem like you're coming across as fake or too persistent, but you're just enough persistence where you know what you want and you know basically what your call of action is or what you need from that person. So I just actually presented a presentation about making a good pitch. And I think that that is really what's critical, having your pitch knowing who your audience is and knowing what you want from that audience. And so I think that in the nine years that I've had my firm, I really have, you know, have this good network of people that subscribe to my firm's newsletter and that support me. So I do get a lot of referrals. But even before I started my firm, I was always networking and collecting information and following up, not even knowing that those people would become my clients. And so I think that the biggest advice or the biggest tip that I can give people listening to this is that you don't actually have to have a business to have a network. And no matter what type of job you have, whether you're working for someone or you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking about starting a business, your network is going to be critical because you only need at least one person to support you because there'll be a lot of people that won't support you, but you need at least one. And then from there, your work will precede you. Wow, that's a golden nugget is that no matter what you need a network. And I talk to my clients about that too, as far as building your community, even before you have the business piece of it perfect, you still want to continue continuously nurture your community. Um, so as entrepreneurs, many of us go through different challenges. Was there some challenges that stood out as you try to um, open your firm and grow your firm that you remember and how did you overcome them? Well, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges and I hear this lot from, from a lot of entrepreneurs. So just to be an entrepreneur, as you know, it takes a special type of personality. You know, you have, you are a true leader and, you know, often I think that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, feel like we're supposed to do everything. So, you're supposed to answer the phones. You're supposed to do all the work. You're supposed to do the administrative work. And when we start businesses, many of us just don't have the resources to expand and hire people to do different things. And so I think probably one of the biggest hurdles that I had to face was being able to step back to say that in order to grow my firm, I was going to need to hire the right team. And so that took a lot of time actually to find people that 
I felt could represent my brand and could get work done and could help me to basically have a smooth day. And so the way I overcame that was by hiring an assistant and hiring good people to support me. And so that is really, I think, critical because you often find that people talk about and they brag about, I should say, not having enough sleep. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I only slept four hours, but it doesn't have to be like that. Like your success is not based off of the lack of amount of sleep you have. It's about how you use your time and basically using your time wisely and effectively. And so having the right people to support you really will help to manage your time properly. So in the beginning, um, did you have a team? Like, did you have your assistant? Like, did you start out just your own where you did have to do some of that um, churning all by yourself and then add a team? Or were, did you just make the decision to say, okay, I'm going all in. I'm going to go ahead and hire an assistant. Well, you know, Nicole, what's interesting is that people are just starting to teach classes about being an entrepreneur and what that involves. And so you remember, I started this firm nine years ago, so there were no classes. I sort of was just thinking to myself, hey, if I were a client and I needed an IP attorney, what would I want in that person? And what do people complain about when they call law firms? And so, yes, in the beginning, I did everything. And to be honest, that is probably what helped me to get so many clients because so many people were so confused when they called and said, wait a minute, you're the attorney? You know, I'm actually on the phone with the attorney because, you know, when you go to the doctor, you don't just call and speak directly to the doctor. And when you call most law firms, you're not going to get the attorney directly on the phone. And so I think that once I realized, though, that I couldn't field all those questions and just use my time answering, quote unquote, quick questions, and that I had to manage my time so that um, I wasn't working around the clock, uh, that is what has really helped to grow my practice and help me to be more effective because I'm able to manage my time. So of course, no, I started off really just sort of feeling my way through being an <laughs> entrepreneur, but thankfully I'm a consumer, you know, so I kind of right. came from uh, having experiences of working um, at firms when I was in law school and also, you know, working for the government of just interfacing with people. And so that's, part of it, no matter what type of business you have, if you get the work, you have to complete the work. So you have to have balance. So you have to know, are you going to go out and market the firm? Are you going to, what percent of time are you going to need to do the work? And then what percent of time are you going to need to follow up? So it definitely is about balance when you're an entrepreneur. Exactly. And I couldn't agree more that time management is if if you don't have it down pat, you that's something you got to work on to get because as you're growing, like you said, is you're kind of doing it all. But once you get the client, you don't want to lose them because you don't do the work. Exactly. So it's a definite balancing act. Um, so just like I asked about um, something that may have went wrong or a challenge, what was something that went right that you were just like, man, this fell in the place. I know that this is the path I'm supposed to be on. Well, probably about two to three weeks after I launched my law firm, I was able to secure a Fortune 100 client. And it was really because of the confidence that I had in myself and the confidence that I exuded when I pitched them. And so when they actually became my client, I think that was confirmation that I was doing the right thing because 
like I said, when you launch a business, there are a lot of people that will kind of look at you and say, good luck and I hope you make it and you'll be back to your job or, you know, and you kind of have things. And so to me, that just really pushed me to want to succeed even more. And to be honest, I never thought that I would fail because my family has always exuded confidence in me and I know what I'm capable of. And so I always looked at myself and said, okay, well, if somebody's going to invest in me enough to pay me a salary, then I have to believe in myself. So if people are calling me and they believe in me enough to say, hey, can you help me with my patent or help me with my trademark? And at the time I could not help them because I was working in the government. I sort of said to myself, well, what would happen if I really just tried to put myself out there? And so Originally, there were so many different um, competitors, you know, or other firms that just sort of said, oh, you know, most companies don't want to work with small firms. But what I found is that people genuinely want to work with you as a person. And so regardless of your business name or your role in that business, if people like you as a person and you can produce the work, then they're more likely to want to work with you. And so I think that was confirmation for me where I felt like, wow, you know, I'm definitely doing the right thing. And if this large company believes in me, then, you know, this is just the seal of approval that I needed to move in the right direction. And it was so quick after I started my firm that I realized, okay, there is definitely a need for a small firm that's efficient, offers high quality work and, flat and affordable rates, you know, you really can't beat it. And so, so far, so good in the nine years and counting. That's excellent. And, and one thing you touched on there is confidence. And that's something that I see a lot, even as I um, talk to my clients and that, I don't know that you can teach that, but it is invaluable as far as um, growing a business. And you already possess that, but I'm sure you talk to other businesses or talk to other entrepreneurs. What do you, how do you view confidence and how do you view that as your business growth? And I just want, um, what I'm wanting is to share with other entrepreneurs because I hear it so much as far as, well, I'm not sure about myself in doing X, Y, Z. So just touch on confidence a little bit more and how you feel about it in its growth for your business or any business across the board. Well, that's a great question because often um, I think that when people launch a business, it, like I said, does definitely take uh, a certain type of personality, you know, so most people aren't just going to be able to launch a business and just have the clients falling in their lap. You know, often I think people make mistakes because they form a business, they throw up a website and then they sit back and say, okay, where are all my clients? So they forget to do the work and having confidence includes not only believing in yourself, but encouraging and persuading others to believe in you. You know, that's part of your confidence because, you know, we always kind of say, as you know, the cliche uh, expression that um, words hurt. And so if you're around people that are constantly doubting you, at some point, you start believing that, you know, and so it's an uphill battle for you. But when you form businesses, I think, and especially being an entrepreneur, and especially now when there's so many different coaches and so many different groups of people that provide um, entrepreneurial group services where they can talk to you about the tools you need, 
I think that the rest just will fall in place when you surround yourself around other confident and like-minded people. And so it starts with believing in yourself, obviously, but you have to have the ability to do the work and the skills to do the work. So just like you said, if you get a client, bravo, but you have to complete the work and the work has to be high quality because you really cannot take your clients for granted because clients have so many different options. And so whether they're large or small, particularly at my firm, I like to treat all my clients the same. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of them, even if it's a phone call that will resolve an issue versus, you know, a two year project that I have to work on. That confidence that I'm talking about is not only from the way you stand, your personal brand, the ability to expand your brand and the ability to be honest, you know, I'm an IP attorney to know the value in your brand and having it protected and knowing what your brand stands for is really what is what confidence is to me. So it's about believing in yourself and then teaching and really persuading others to believe in you so that they want to work with you because then the key is once they believe in you and they feel that they can trust you and they have confidence in you, then they will refer you. And that's the key to success. Being able to have longevity involves having a lot of clients. And the way you do that is I find that um, in my kind of circle here of my clients, like-minded people hang around each other. So most of my clients that are inventors are in other groups with other inventors. And when I do a good job for them, they speak up for me and they refer other people to me. So to me, it's confidence that I have in myself, but the fact that they believe in me is what really even makes me feel more confident, but that they have confidence in me by referring my firm to others really is what has been great for my practice. Yeah. And word of mouth marketing is the best. I mean, cause you can't even pay for that. And then once you get it, it just kind of continues to trickle in once you've been in business for a little while, you it's, an, it's you, something you can't pay for. Right. So as a business owner for nine years, I know you sit back and kind of strategize the business as a whole, even, you know, not the, uh, not even more so sometimes than the day to day. So what does the future look like for your firm? Where do you go next? Um, do you bring on more people? Do you try for some different clients that you're aiming for? What does the future look like? Oh, well, Nicole, that is a good question. So I really just uh, take it day to day, to be honest with you. But like everyone, I do have dreams and aspirations. So I would like to expand my brand by writing books. And I would like to teach classes and have webinars where I can be more accessible to people all over the world. So I'm really fortunate because I represent clients all over the world and most of them I actually have never met. And so what I'd like to do is to be able to offer services to people where let's say you're not quite sure of what you need. You know, everything can just sort of be a self-paced um, intellectual property program. And mm -hmm. I'd like to continue to grow my brand by um, expanding it on social media, you know, as you know, we met there. And so I think that there's right. a lot to be said about people wanting information. And often people say this, but it's true. You don't know what you don't know. So I'm very fortunate uh, to be able to use a tool like Twitter and 
um, Periscope and Facebook to be able to expand my brand for a minimal cost, you know, and I say minimal cost because it's my time, but it's my passion to educate others about the importance of protecting their intellectual property. So whatever I can do to expand my brand, to get the word out, I'd like to continue to do more speaking around the country and traveling to nice places uh, to meet my clients. So that's a great question. And that adds about 10 more things I need to put on my to-do list. <laughs> well, that sounds good. I want to, Andre, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We really appreciate it. Um, there are a plethora of businesses and entrepreneurs out there, and I like to show variety, and I'm so appreciative of you coming on and spending a little bit of time with us. So thank you so much for coming on Entrepreneurs Think Tank. Well, thank you. And I look forward to working with you in the future. And if I can help you or any of your listeners, please let me know. All right. Thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Entrepreneurs Think Tank. We know the journey of entrepreneurship is not easy. But when you dive into the think tank, we hope to make your experience a little better than it may have been. Until next week, enjoy the journey. 